0: Amen. All right. I'm going to do something I've never done in a sermon before, and I'm never going to do in a sermon again. And that's reference a country song, okay? So listen. Yes. All right. Hey, some of you are excited, but you shouldn't be because country music is bad. All right? So listen. Listen. I don't... we all got different flavors, okay? All right? I like ska music. It doesn't even exist anymore, okay? So, like, this is, we all like stuff that's bad. Country music is one of those things. If you like it, great on you. I've just never connected with a pickup truck as much as you have, probably, but I'm just kidding. I wish I had a pickup truck. Um, but I went through a country music phase. I was in high school. I went through a country music phase, and uh, one of the most popular songs when I was in that phase, was Tim McGraw's song, Live Like You Were Dying. Right? Okay? So pretty famous song. If you know country music, you probably know this song. And so here's the story of the song. Is I guess Tim McGraw uh, essentially talks to a guy who who've got a diagnosis that he's going to die soon. And so this guy who got this diagnosis that he's going to die soon, he begins to live life completely differently. He sees how he was living life totally wrong and he had his priorities all mixed up. And so he begins to speak sweeter and love deeper. Uh, he also begins to, to fill, out, fill out his bucket list and do things he'd never done before. So he rides a bull named Katmandu, and th- these are exact lyrics from the song. And he does all these things, and he forgives more, and he goes fishing more, and, he, and, and his life is totally changed because he gets this diagnosis that he is about to die. And, and the song kind of ends with the person who's, who's going towards their death saying to, I guess, Tim McGraw, Hey, I wish one day you get the opportunity to live like you were dying. Okay. Pause. This illustration, put it in your brains, okay? We're going to use it in like three minutes, okay? This is not the right way to preach, but this is the way I'm doing it. Put it in your brain. I'm going to use, I'm going to pull upon this illustration in three minutes. What I want to do before we get to that illustration, what it means for us, is I want to read some scripture for us. Paul, the apostle, would proclaim the gospel, the good news. The good news that Jesus is king, the God who created everything has come to earth, and he's restoring everything. And Paul has three different places where he summarizes this good news. The good news that a God has come, that the God has come to make all things better. And so he has three different places where he summarizes the gospels, especially focusing in and honing in on what Jesus did living out that good news as our king. And so I want to read those three summaries really quick. Second Timothy two, eight, it should be on the screen. It says this Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. Okay, let's go to Romans one, one through four. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures, concerning his son, who is descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you're being saved. If you hold fast the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance, while I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Okay. So when Paul summarizes the good news that God has come to save us completely by no work of our own, to restore this earth, something he always mentions in his summary is the resurrection. So that means that the resurrection is good news to us. Here's the thing. I think if I went up to most of the people in our church or most, even myself, and I said, hey, what's the gospel? I probably would really focus on, well, Jesus died for my sins. Now that's part of the Gospel. Paul mentions that in there. But how often do we mention the resurrection itself as part of the good news? As part of the proclamation of what God is doing to renew all things, to restore all things. And 1 Corinthians 15, which we left off off on, Paul goes on to just talk about the resurrection and the proof for it and, and some of the ways it should affect us and some of the ways it should give us hope. So the resurrection should be good news to us. All that other stuff is good news as well. But I think very often we forget that the resurrection, the message that Jesus, he died but came back to life, is part of the good news of the gospel. So let's pull back to that illustration and how we're going to connect it. Listen, it is very easy for us when it comes to a near-death experience or to get a diagnosis that says we're going to die, to then all of a sudden prioritize our life and change our life and say, hey, I'm going to start living differently. I'm going to start doing things I never did before that I've always wanted to do. It's very easy. When that song came out, everybody was like getting saved by that song. It was like crazy. Like I would be talking to them like, I heard that song. I've just changed my whole life. I've, I've went bull riding. Like There's all kinds of things that would happen when that song came out to people because there was something about... Knowing about death and how it was coming for all of us that made people go, I got to start reprioritizing. The good news of the resurrection should do that to us. Right? If the resurrection really happened, if Jesus really came back to life, that should rearrange us. That should get us to see what's most important. And so here's what I want to do this this Easter Sunday, is I want to answer this question, what if Jesus really resurrected? I want us to ask ourselves that question, what if Jesus really resurrected? You're going, Anthony, I don't know if you know this is Easter, like that's why I'm here. I believe, like I got in my car, I made it here, obviously, I believe that. But I just don't know if Jesus' resurrection affects us as much as a song in 2004 did. If Jesus really came back to life, that's part of the good news of the gospel, which means it should completely change us. We should be able to prioritize things differently. We should be able to see the world as it is and so immature Christian, non-Christian, or mature Christian I want us asking this question and going where in my life do I live as if the resurrection is real? or do I even? for me, myself, this is a question I have to ask myself do I really believe that Jesus resurrected? what if he really did come back from the dead? and so there's three parts of this sermon that three ways really I'm going to answer that question three things three ways to answer what if Jesus really resurrected how would that change us the first is I think we'd believe him we'd believe Jesus the second is we'd try like crazy to be connected to him and the third is we wouldn't be afraid to hope okay so we're going to hop into those three things let's hop into the first way I'd answer that question how what if he really resurrected how would we change the first is we would believe him we would believe Jesus Andy Stanley he's a pastor I love what he says he says listen any guy that can predict his death and predict his resurrection should be listened to like we should just li- and if he pulls it off we should listen to him like that is the person if he can predict his death predict his resurrection pull it off listen to that guy And so if Jesus really resurrected, we should believe him. That means when Jesus claimed to be king, he really is the king. When Jesus claimed to be the great I am, that means he was claiming to be God. So he's really God. When when Jesus claimed that he knew the way to life, which is him, and life through him, we would believe him. When he has these different commandments for us, we don't just see them as arbitrary commandments, but we see that he is the creator that knows something about our human flourishing, that who we were created to be. And that's why he's giving this sort of command. We believe him. I think if Jesus really resurrected from the dead, we believe him. But I think sometimes we treat the resurrection, we treat Jesus, and we treat the gospels like, well, those are nice ideas. They're fun. I, li- I like it. the. Be- it's my favorite religion. But if Jesus really resurrected from the dead, we should believe everything he said. Here, here's why I'm, here, I'm, I'm bringing this up. Is We love Jesus as long as he doesn't disagree with us. He's really great until he says something we don't want to hear. Let's take one of his hard teachings, love your enemy. He told us to love our enemies. And here's what happens when we read that, we go, yeah, awesome. And then we have an enemy in our life. And then we're like, but uh, he didn't, I don't think he meant like this specific situation. I don't know if he, I don't know if he was like thinking about this enemy. When he said that, I think there's some differences here. But if Jesus really resurrected, we'd believe him. When he says to love our enemy, we'd say Jesus is tapping into something for us that's for our flourishing, that represents who we truly are, if he really resurrected. This is what I want to ask. Is there an active practice in your life of believing Jesus? Because if he really resurrected, there should be an active practice in your life of looking at his words and believing his words. But I think for far too many of us, there, you know, kind of. I kind of practice. Again, it's, it, it's more what we like about Jesus, unlike what he says and what we have discovered to be true. Rather than looking at his words and going, Jesus, I believe you because you came back from the dead. Is there an active practice of us trusting Jesus, believing Jesus? Okay, that's the first way that I think the resurrection would change us. The second way, I think the, if, the second way to answer the question, what if the resurrection really happened, would be this. We would try like crazy to be connected to Jesus. If Jesus is really alive right now, if he really sent his spirit to teach us, to comfort us, to help us, to guide us, if he really is with us always to the end of the age like he said, if he really resurrected, wouldn't we do whatever we could to be connected to Jesus? Doesn't the resurrection teach us that God is alive and well and we can have a relationship with him here and now? Sometimes I think we treat our relationship with God like, a, like an, awkward, an awkward teen romance, okay? Uh, here's what I mean. Maybe I don't know what teens are doing today. I don't know how they handle romance. I think it's all via Instagram or something like that. But at least for me, I'm speaking for my teenage years, this would happen a lot. I'd finally muster up the courage to go to a girl and say, hey, I like, like you. And she used, usually would say, oh, you're such a good friend. But, um, <laughs> but sometimes she wouldn't. Sometimes she wouldn't. And in those times, she would say, hey, I like, like you back. And then, I, and then this was immediately what I would do. I don't even know if I thought it, but I'd be like, avoid her at all costs. Like before, it'd be like we have this like deep friendship, we're flirty, we're getting to know each other. But then once the like-like was out, like avoid her. Don't, if I see her in the classroom, look away. Like just don't, like if our eyes meet, like don't. And it was, it just, that's how, I I don't know if that's like a nerd thing. I don't know what it was, but that's how I handled my teen romances, okay? I think sometimes our relationship with God is like that. We're like, yes, I believe. I, I don't know if I want to. I should pray. I should listen to his that. I isn't I come every Sunday. Like that's enough. Like, like I feel like sometimes we don't fundamentally believe the resurrection because we act so awkward in our relationship with God. If the resurrection is real, we'd be trying like crazy to get connected to Him our faith would be a living and active and alive faith that looks like a relationship with God with a person instead I think our faith often looks dead often it looks like we're following a dead man's religion that sure we follow Jesus all the way up to the cross but we forget about the resurrection here's what I mean a lot of us we just like work really hard Like we just try our best to be good. We uphold morals. We do like this culture wars thing where we're just condemning everything out in culture and never anything in our own hearts. And we do that because that's easier than being in a relationship with God. It's also more momentarily satisfying at times to to do these culture wars to, to, you know, with your grit, try your hardest. Because you can go, I'm righteous. I'm good enough. I can get to God on my own. But when you're in a relationship with Jesus, it's tough because it's humbling. It's tough because change, it changes you. It's tough because, like any relationship, to have a healthy relationship with someone is harder because we'd rather do the dead stuff. It's easier. It's easier to do relationship in life that way than it is to actually be in relationship with Jesus. But if Jesus is really alive, church, wouldn't we do whatever we could to be connected to him? Or is he just a dead man far away that never left the tomb? That's not what I think. I think the tomb is empty. Okay, one more. One more way to answer this question. What if the resurrection really happened? How would it change us? We wouldn't be afraid to hope. Okay, hope, hope feels dangerous. I'll give you a little example where for me, I don't like to hope. I don't like asking people what they thought of a movie before I saw it. Okay, I don't. It's a policy I have. Right? I'll often like, leave the room if, they, if somebody starts talking about a movie they just saw. Part of that is, is because the second they're like, man, it was really good. I have this hope in my brain about that movie that when I go to see it, it's going to be really good. And then what happens is I go in and I sit in that movie expecting it to be the next Forrest Gump and it's not. It's the next Flubber. And I'm just disappointed <laughs> Flubber was pretty good, actually. I don't know. Certain demographic. I was like, I don't know however old I was. But but when I hope in a movie and hope it's going to be good, I'm almost always let down. And so I don't like to have any expectations when I go into a movie. It's safer. Hope feels dangerous when it comes to a movie or even restaurants or whatever it might be. And for those of us that have lived in this world long enough and experienced all that this world does to us, hope doesn't just feel, uh, it's not just something dangerous to do. Hope feels stupid. Like If you've lived in this world long enough and you've experienced enough pain, you've experienced enough heartache, if, if enough of the things you've hoped in or looked forward to have been dashed, hope doesn't feel dangerous. It feels stupid. But if the resurrection really happened, it doesn't teach us that we can all of a sudden start hoping in all the things of this world. What it actually teaches us is the right thing to hope in. If Jesus really came back from the dead, we don't have to be afraid to hope. We just have to hope in the right thing, which is Christ and his resurrection. I want to read from 1 Corinthians 15 20 through 23, farther down from what we read so far today. But it says this, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits; Then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. The resurrection gives us the right thing to hope. Because Jesus doesn't want to contain the resurrection to himself. He wants to unleash the resurrection on all of this broken creation. All of this creation that experiences death and sin in any way. Jesus wants to. To unleash his resurrection on it. That's why Paul is saying Christ is the first fruits. Right? You go out to a harvest and you take the first fruits. These were, I don't know, really good. Top priority. Christ's resurrection is the first fruits for everybody, for all of creation. So now, when hope feels stupid, when hope feels dangerous, when you don't want to hope because the world keeps telling you not to, you can hope in the right thing. Because Jesus' resurrection teaches us a great reversal is happening. It started with Christ. It continues through his people. And one day, even though we all will experience death, probably, Christ will bring you back to life when you believe in him and trust in him. So we can begin to hope in the right thing. It's good advice to tell someone, hey, don't get your hopes up. That's good advice. In this world, you you walk outside for 10 minutes, you'll know this is just good advice to tell someone. But the resurrection teaches us we don't have to live by that advice. We can live having hope in Christ and his resurrection and that he will overturn every evil and dead thing in this world. The resurrection makes it so we don't have to be afraid to hope. That We don't have to think it's stupid to hope. Because Jesus teaches us what to hope in him and his resurrection. The story, the story of the Bible it's sometimes kind of portrayed like this escape plan, right? Follow Jesus. One day he'll return and get you all out of here and you'll go live in heaven. If you really read the story of the Bible, it's not a sca- an escape plan. It's a restoration plan. It's God saying, this world is messed up. You guys messed it up. I'm going to come back and I'm going to restore all things. And I'm going to resurrect all the dead things. And we'll get to live with God once again as we always should have been. As He always intended. The resurrection should absolutely change us. Because it means God wants to be with us. God wants us to be with Him. So how are you answering that question? What if the resurrection really happened? Would you believe him? Would you try like crazy to be connected to him if he really is alive? Would you learn to hope in the right thing? Because if the resurrection really happened, all of that should be true for us. And probably a lot of other things. I want to close by reading a verse in that same 1 Corinthians 15 passage. I'm going to read verse 19. I'm going to reread verse 20. Paul says this in verse 19. If in Christ we have hope, in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. If you're here, just because it seems like a fun way to do life. Or you're here and it just gives you hope in in this life only. Paul says, no, you should be pitied. If the resurrection didn't really happen, if Jesus didn't really come back from the dead, this is stupid. This is silly. We should be pitied. But then Paul goes on to say, but I think the resurrection really did happen. And so because of that, we can hope in it. We can be changed by it. Because he has the first fruits of what he wants to give to all. So friends, how will you answer that question, what if Jesus really resurrected? Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you that you don't want to contain the resurrection to yourself. God, forgive us that so often when we think of the good news of what you've done, we just completely forget about your resurrection. God, help us to be a people that totally understand your resurrection, that that understand depths of it. Help us to see that it is a first fruits. Help us to see that that it's a real thing that happened. Not just a fun idea. Holy Spirit, we need your help with that. Our hearts, we can't change them on our own. We need you to change our hearts and help us to understand that the resurrection is real. God, may we praise you and thank you for your resurrection. May we live as people that believe it's real. Give us the ability to do that. We can't do it on our own. We're weak. God, thank you so much for raising your son and wanting to share that resurrection life with us. Thank you, God. Amen.